All right. You sit down, but let's stand up. Let's stand up, please. Love lifted me. That's how I got through this week. Because love lifted me. <laughs> I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises lead. Love so mighty and so true, Mares my soul best song, faithful loving service to, to him belong. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Souls in danger look above. Jesus completely saved. He will lift you by his love out of the angry way. Nice, O master of the sea, billows he will obey. He's your savior, wants to be, be saved. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. Since I found him 
How often do we say, at least to ourselves, if not to others, I would never, ever deny Christ. I just wouldn't do that. No matter what, I would not deny Christ. In our everyday lives, Sometimes we deny Christ without saying a word. Sometimes we deny Christ by our actions. Sometimes we deny Christ just in our hearts without doing anything or saying anything. Anytime we refuse to spend time with him, we're denying him. I want you to turn with me tonight to Matthew chapter 26. We're going to look at a passage of scripture of one that said, I will never, ever deny Jesus. There's no way 
I will die before I would deny Jesus. And you all know who that was. But the Word of God tells us in verse 31 of chapter 26, And then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never, listen, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. One that walked the closest with him said, I will not deny you. Now I have learned in my own personal life, when God shows me something or says something to me, I best not argue with him. I better get it, say, okay, God, I'm hearing what you're saying, so you help me through this. You lead me through this. And Peter says, listen, I don't care what you're saying. I'm not going to deny you. Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. If we were to look over in, in, uh, well, my brain just went dead. How about, Uh, John chapter 13, verse 38. Verse 38, and it says, And Jesus answered him, Will you not lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. In both of these, Jesus reminds him, You might say you're going to lay down your life. You might say you're never going to deny me. But let me tell you, you're going to. Folks, we can say in our heart, and mean it, because I guarantee you, Peter meant it when he said it. He really did. Even though we mean it, God knows what's going to happen. And we need to prepare for what's going to take place. And the word tells us, step all the way over, still in chapter 26 to verse 69. Verse 69, still in chapter 26. And it says, now this is after Jesus has been arrested in the garden. And now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus in Galilee. But he denied it, denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out of the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again 
He denied with an oath. I do not know that man. And then a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for your speech betrays you. And then he began to curse and swear and say, I do not know this man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Now notice what happened at that time. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus who had said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So we went out and went and went and wept bitterly. Father, I ask you in the next few moments to speak to our hearts. Make us aware that we are definitely ones that will fail you. But Lord God, you are willing and ready to lift us up and to forgive us if we'll but just come back before you and humble our hearts, even as Peter did. So tonight, Lord God, I thank you for these of your folks that are here. I ask you to bless them. I praise God that that each and every one of us can draw closer to you as you minister to our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say to you, remember to hear what God has to say to you, whether he speaks to you in your heart or whether he speaks to you through the word. Here he's speaking to us through the word, giving us an example of one that walked with him loved him, and even as we know, at a later date was crucified upside down for his belief and teaching in Jesus. It wasn't that Peter didn't love him. It wasn't that Peter didn't care. It was the fact that Peter dealt with emotions within his own life. He was afraid that if he said when he was confronted by Jesus, if he said, well, if you say I'm going to, I'm going to do that, if I'm going, you're saying I'm going to say that I don't know who you are, then okay, I, I'll, I'll accept that, and I'll, if you say I am, I'm going to do it. That's hard for us to do. That's hard for us to do. And here we find Peter says what we would probably say I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, Lord. I love you. I will put you first. I am not. I'm even willing to die for you. I have prayed many times, Lord God, show me what your will is and going to be in my life as we go forward. And many times I have come back and said, Lord, are you sure? Are you really sure that's what you want us to do? Now, I will tell you, I have never had God in a, in a big voice say, Now, Mac, this is what I want you to do. But I can say more than once in a quiet, still voice in my heart through the power of the Holy Spirit, He has said, 
this is what I want you to do, and gave me peace about it as far as knowing God was saying it. But I, because of my human being characteristics, said, God, are you sure? Are you sure that's what you want? I remember the very first time God said, I want you to go to the jungles of Brazil on a mission trip. Now, folks, that was exciting to me until I heard about it. And whenever a gentleman by the name of Glendon Grover, which was a missionary, retired from Brazil at that time, that was helping us go, sat down and told us all about it, of what we wouldn't have and what we would be dealing with, I'll have to say, I said, God, are you sure that's where you want me to go? And I was a whole lot younger than I am now and a whole lot more excited about serving God as far as with my youth and my physical ability. But by the time he got through talking, I said, God, I'm not sure I'm the one you need to go. Now let me share something with you. I went. And I was sharing this with Brother Terry last night while at the hospital because he was on that trip too. We got there. There was five preachers that went from northwest Arkansas. We got there. There was four places to preach. The missionary assigned one here, one there, one there, and one there. There was five of us. Guess who didn't get an assignment? I didn't have any place to preach. Not only did I not have a place to preach, I didn't even have an interpreter. I got being out of shape. I said, now God, you're the one that brought me here. I came against my own desire because I know that's what you want. Now I'm here and you're telling me you're going to set me on the shelf? And I had a little temper tantrum. I'm sure most of y'all have never done that with God. But I had a little temper tantrum. And God got me on my face in my room all by myself. He says, let me tell you, I brought you here for a purpose. And that purpose will come about. But in order for you to do that purpose that I have for you, you're going to have to be rigidly flexible. But God, they've all got a place to preach and I don't. You've got to be rigidly flexible. Don't deny me. Don't turn your back on me. Be willing to do what I ask you to do. By the time he got through, I said, okay, God. Now, I'm not bragging because I fussed, I argued, I kicked and I stomped. And praise God, he's a loving God. He forgave me. And the next day, a missionary of 32 years on the Amazon River come driving up walked up to me, he's about that tall, walked up to me and I looked up at him and he says, 
Pastor Mills, I am your interpreter. said, great. Where are we going to preach? We have a place to preach. You don't worry about it. Have you ever used it? I said, no, sir, I've never used an interpreter. But God's got me here, and I'm willing to try. He said, let me tell you how we're going to do this. He says, I want you to preach exactly what God lays on your heart. I said, I can do that. And he says, and I'm going to preach exactly what God lays on my heart in Portuguese. He's been doing that for 32 years. I'll go along with that. And then he looked at me with a smile from there to there. And he says, Pastor Mac, it doesn't matter what you preach. It doesn't matter what I preach because those folks are going to hear what God lays on their heart. And I said, wow, what a truth. What a truth. It doesn't depend on me. It didn't depend on him. It was all up to God. And I was willing to trash it all and not go. And God taught me a tremendous lesson of we've got to be rigidly flexible and let God work the way he wants to. Peter says, I'm not, I won't. And lo and behold, he went right out after Jesus was arrested. And the word says he was standing in the courtyard, I'm sure kind of shrunk back in the dark, And one said to him, aren't you one of his followers? Didn't I see you with Jesus? Now I want you to notice his first statement. He says, but he denied them before all saying, I don't know what you're saying. Just pretty simple. I I really don't know what you're saying. And then a little later, another approached him and saw him and said, this is a follower also of Jesus of Nazareth. But again he denied, this time with an oath. I do not know the man. The first time, pretty calm, cool. Second time with an oath. I promise you, I don't know who he is. Third time. Then, it came up and said to Peter, Surely, you also are one of them, or your speech betrays you. And then he began to curse. He began to swear. And he says, I do not know that man. And immediately, the rooster crowed. He went from, I don't know him, to giving an oath, I don't know him, to swearing, cursing, and saying, I don't know him. All of this fulfilling what Jesus had said he would do. And lo and behold, the rooster crowed three times. Lo and behold, when I said okay, 
and Lonnie and I went to preach. We didn't go to a church. We went out in the middle of a pasture. There was one little house out there that sat close to us, and they ran an electric cord from that house and had four 40-watt light bulbs strung up in the air. They took wooden Coke cases and stacked them up about this high, and that's what Lonnie and I stood on. They had a speaker that you could take all of our speakers in here and put them together, and it wouldn't be half as big as the one they had. You could hear it for miles away. And they had music playing so loud that if you got in front of the speaker, you better have something in your ears. And we started preaching. First night, there was a handful of people. The second night, there was a few more people, and we looked over behind us. We heard a racket. And lo and behold, there was a witch doctor just behind us going through all of his rigmarole. And the next night, there was more people. And the next night, the fourth night, there was the whole pasture was full of cars and trucks and people out in the dark listening and watching. Of course, Brother Lonnie was, like I said, very point blank. He says, Brother Mac, they're not here to hear you or to hear me. They're here to see who's going to win. Whether God's going to win that we're preaching about or the witch doctor's going to win it's going through his gyrations back here. Now we preached this normal. The fifth night, Lonnie and I went. We got up on our coat cases. We started, and there was people everywhere. And we started to preach. And all at once we realized there was no noise behind us. The witch doctor had not shown up. We had prayed. We had claimed Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus on it, and he hadn't shown up. And there was a pasture full of people hearing the gospel. Now, I know you're going to say, well, gosh, I bet a bunch of them got saved. I just don't know. I know Brother Lonnie talked to a number of them after the service. But they saw power of God overcome the witchcraft, the black magic, the world within this witch doctor. Do I believe that that would have all happened if I had refused to do what God said and if I had denied his will? I don't know. But I question it in my own mind. And you'll never know the times that I did exactly what Peter did here. That I wept that trip and said, Father, forgive me for doubting. If you had asked me, would I ever deny the Lord Jesus Christ and what he wanted, I would say no but I got that close to doing it.
And Peter did it, and it says, when he realized what he had done, that he had denied Jesus three times, just as Jesus had told him, that his heart was broken, his spirit was down, and he went out and wept bitterly and asked God to forgive him. Folks, I'm telling you, you may sit right here tonight and say, Brother Mac, that's great. That's a wonderful mission story. That's a great story in the Bible. But I'd never do that. Be careful. Be careful. Because the devil will find a way to get you to deny Christ. But if you do, don't throw up your hands and quit. Don't say, oh, woe is me. Do just as Peter did. And humble your heart. And say, Lord God, forgive me. Forgive me. As Peter did, and you know as well as I what the Word says, that he went on and became a great, wonderful man of God, sharing the Word all over the Dole Country. So I challenge you, be careful, be cautious about refusing to do what Jesus or the Word through the Holy Spirit asks you to do. Don't deny Him. Don't turn your back on Him because you never know how God will use it. Miss Cherry will tell you, we have used that little quip that God gave me in our ministry, Macedonian Mission Ministries, for years. When we went on the mission field, we are rigidly flexible. In other words, whatever God wants, that's what we're going to do our best to do. And I would say to you tonight, it'd be a pretty good quip for you to use. God, whatever you want, I'll do it. Even if it's not in my plan, even if it's not what I want to do, I'm going to trust you to do it. I'm not going to deny what you ask me to do and what you tell me to take place. Just remember, God knows the very best for all of us, even though we don't think he does by the way we act sometimes. Father, I thank you, and I praise your name for these folks. I thank you, Lord God, for those that we've heard from even today concerning the message this morning. And Father, tonight I pray that we will come to the point of saying, Lord God, whatever, whatever you ask, we'll do it. And we'll not question it. So, Father, tonight I pray that you'll bless everyone under the sound of my voice, whether they're online or whether they're here in person. You just bless them. Use them to, your, to further your kingdom and to your glory, Father. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God.
For those of you that are, have asked me, I have heard from Terry this afternoon. He said his words to me, on, he texted me. I didn't talk to him, but he texted me. He says, compared to where I was 24 hours ago, I'm great. He says, I'm still hurt. It still hurts and all, but I am much better than I was 24 hours ago. So you continue to pray for Brother Terry and Miss Jackie as, uh, as God works in their life. I would also want to uh, remind you about the Vacation Bible School coming up this coming Saturday. Folks, if you don't bring those kiddos, they won't come. It's just that simple. If we don't bring them, they won't be here. We have teachers. We have uh, a Bible teacher. We have a mission teacher. We have all that set in place. So you bring the kiddos so that they can be a part of that and then be sure and have them bring their swimsuit because they'll be coming over to our house and, and doing a little swimming and playing in the pool and having hot dogs and ice cream after that. Then at 3 o'clock right here, we will have the memorial service for Samantha Fawcett with uh, Regina's daughter. I would encourage you, if you can, to support her in that in that service. And uh, we won't be here a long time. Y'all know that my services for funerals are pretty short because the family's already dealt with enough. They don't need a whole lot more. Also, men, I would en encourage you to get signed up and get you a bed and pay your money to go to the fall retreat over at uh, Trace Hollow. We have the entire resort. We have every bed in the place, every cabin in the place uh, will be ours. We have the, the uh, pontoon boat rented for half a day. We'll have a devotion on Saturday morning by Brother Scott Hobbs. Uh, after breakfast, and then we'll have another devotion by him uh, before we have lunch. Uh, the, uh, I think we're having a fish fry, is that right? Somebody help me. We still have the fish fry, Bill, as far as you know? You haven't heard. Well, Bill will catch enough fish while we're there that we'll have a fish fry, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll have a good time. So, guys, get signed up. Get, you, get your name on a bed. They have, Bill has a list of every cabin with every bed that's in it. So you get with Bill and, uh, and get your name on a bed and get that, get your 30 or $25 in. Students are going to have a car wash and a yard sale. Come on, support them. That's on the 29th from 10 o'clock to uh, 2 o'clock. So be here, be a part of that. Uh, get your cars cleaned up, get, uh, and then fill them up with all kinds of stuff from the garage sale. Take it home. Isn't that right, Tosh? Tosh is saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't been over in the other building, you just don't know how much stuff they have. There's a bunch. Pardon me? Yes, if you want. If she says if you need it, it's probably there. You might have trouble finding it. But it's there. So you come and look. The uh, GBS and the SITs are going to be making a little trip to the restaurant over just this side of Cave Springs. Uh, be meeting here at the church 
at 1045 on the 18th, leaving at 11. And if you're uh, going to drive yourself, be over there about 1130. So if you have a sign-up sheet out there, right, Brother Harold? Not anymore. You pull the sign up. So if you didn't get signed up, you're just up the creek without a paddle. Besides that, you're not going to get to eat. Any other announcements anywhere? Next Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, our students are going to be sharing about camp, what took place, about the commitments, about the decisions with the help of Brother Thomas and all the, the sponsors. And uh, if they don't talk long enough, Brother Thomas will preach a while. So uh, you just uh, plan on being here, being a part of it. Now, I guarantee you, you'll be blessed with what took place at camp this year. Any other announcements? Phil, Jerry, anybody else? Boy, y'all are quiet tonight. So quiet. Lord bless you. Have a glorious week. May God speak unto your heart. Father, I thank you. I praise your name for these your people. Go with them as they go to their homes. Father, I pray that you'll give them a glorious week. They'll draw closer and closer to you as you speak to their heart through the word, through the testimony, through the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it. We praise you for Jesus, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, and you're dismissed.